So many people have this idea that the people who own apartments are the top 1% and the millionaires when really it is just all of us pretty, I mean, whatever average means to you, you know, people out in the world who are actually the ones doing it. Are you ready to change your life? Welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments and Berkwood Capital. Your hosts, Linda Brooks and Lisa Hill, are two dynamic multifamily investor syndicators who combined have more than 400 doors in their portfolio and growing. Join them on their journey as they show you it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing, and they'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. And now, here are your hosts, Linda and Lisa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast. I'm Linda Brooks, along with my co-host, Lisa Hill, and we're so glad you've joined us today. You made the all-important decision to tune in to the Mill Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast today to learn more about multifamily apartment investing as a passive investor. Lisa and I are active investors. We actively research, seek, and find large multifamily apartment buildings for our passive investors to invest in. Yep. We typically focus on this side of the Atlantic, but did you know you can also live abroad and still invest in United States properties here? Our guest today knows all about that. Yes, indeed she does. She is Mrs. Susie Sevier, and she is co-founder of the Adventurous Real Estate Investors. She is currently investing in real estate here in the United States, although she's all the way in the UK. So Susie, she wants to share this journey by helping others check off their bucket list items and achieve the greatest ROI, return on impact. Welcome, Susie Sevier. Thank you so much for having me on, Linda and Lisa. I am so excited to join you two today. And we are so glad to have you. Before we get started with the deep questions, where are you in the United Kingdom exactly, Susie? Yeah, I am in Cambridge. So it's about an hour north of London by train. Oh, lovely. How long have you been there? Almost two years. And my husband and I will be here for another year and a half, two-ish years. I see. You guys have a unique perspective to multifamily investing. You've combined your love of travel, love of food with your love of seeking good investment properties. Why and how did you do that? What's your purpose there? Yeah, that's a great question. So the biggest thing was that once we found out about real estate investing and how like really you should have an asset that funds your lifestyle, that was a big part of it, right? But then after moving here and meeting so many different diverse people, like in experiencing so many different cultures, we knew that there was so much more of the world that we had to see. And that was really, you know, how it all ties together because one directly helps like fund the other. But then with that too, like a big part of my why in particular is that once we get to a place where like my husband and I are both no longer in a traditional nine to five, we actually want to be able to live outside of the United States and live in the countries that we choose to so that we can create an impact in those communities because there's just so much more that the world needs and like to be able to serve those people would just be the greatest of it all. That sounds like an amazing plan. Can I come with? 
Ja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what took you to the UK and how did you realize you could live there and invest in the US? No, that's another great question. So actually, my husband is active duty Air Force, getting his PhD at the University of Cambridge. And so that's why we are over here and how we found out that we could invest in real estate in the U.S. all the way from over here was actually due to COVID-19 and the lockdowns. So when everything went virtual, we knew that we had a really great opportunity and we didn't even know about it before. And the thing is, is that him and I started a mini book club in one of the books was multiple streams of income. And he, when it got to real estate investing, we just looked at each other and we're like, we have to do this. Like, there's no reason not to. And like I said, when we got online and realized that conferences were going virtual and meetups were going virtual, there was no way that we could say no. It just felt like, like a gift had been handed to us. Awesome. Well, shout out to another service member, to your husband. Thank you for your service. How do you guys manage to find good domestic properties while living overseas? That's another great, great question. So a lot of what we do, I guess, is like a lot of systems and processes. So we make sure that like when we do something, we know about it. And so a part of that was the broker relations, right? And we didn't just call and say, this is what we're looking for. We called and made relationships and we called and just had conversations with the brokers about like what their day was like, what they like to do, you know, what they were going to do that weekend, because there's so many of us and not enough of them. And so just really, really establishing that. But then another great piece of our team was actually the boots on the ground, because like, although we had these relationships with brokers, they also wanted somebody to look at the asset. They didn't want, you know, like blind LOIs going in. And so our boots on the ground, which is actually one of my husband's old classmates from the Air Force Academy, you know, and that worked out really well was like, yes, I want to do this and I will be here like to support you and do whatever you need. And so that's also where a lot of the systems and processes came in because we could just give him a list of like, this is what you need to look for. These are what you need to take pictures of and it'll work out. Right. And so that's what made it so that we could do it from all the way over here. In light of that, what challenges or large obstacles, if you will, that maybe someone in the U.S. may not have to experience, but that you have and overcome as a result of being a long distance investor? Yeah, that's a great question as well. So I think there's two things, right? And one is the mindset in just giving myself permission that I can do this from anywhere in the world, right? Because right now people in the U.S. are doing it from different states. So when they hear about it, they're like, oh, cool. Somebody who's also like me, who looks like me is doing it. So I know I can do it too. But for us being over here, we didn't have that. And so giving ourselves permission. And then the second thing is the time zone. And although the time zone is a blessing, sometimes it can be difficult because when it gets to be later in the central standard time zone, it gets, you know, if it's five o'clock there, it's almost 11. Wait, yes. So if people want to talk later in the workday, that's where like a disconnect can occur. But it's also been a blessing because like we have so much quiet time in the morning, you know, when everybody is sleeping, we can like focus on our traditional nine to five. And then when it gets to be, you know, five and 6 PM over here, it's sometimes the morning or the early afternoon. And so then everyone's like, hey, now's a great time to chat. <laughs> yeah. So a challenge you've overcome, you're using time 
to your advantage. Sometimes, you know, you've overcome that. That's great. The time difference. I guess when you meet people and you travel and you meet people and they ask you, what do you do? You tell them like, this is my day job, but here's what I do on the side. What kinds of feedback do you get? So we haven't had a lot of those conversations yet, unfortunately, because of the lockdown. So like even right now, we're slowly getting out of the third one. But with like the close friends here who we have chatted with it about, it's usually just like, wait, what? What do you mean? (laughs) You know, because so many people have this idea that the people who own apartments are, you know, the top 1% and the millionaires when really it is just all of us pretty... I mean, whatever average means to you, you know, people out in the world who are actually the ones doing it. And then some people ask, well, how can I do that too? You know, because like slowly we talk about, well, we're going to be able to retire. I mean, even for me, example, I'm going to leave my like job over here at the end of August so I can do real estate full time. And Michael, when he can leave or retire technically from the Air Force in seven years, like that's another question. Oh, you guys are going to be able to not have to work before you're 40, how does that work? It's like, no, it's definitely still working. It's just, we get to do it on our own terms. And that just creates a lot more awareness of all of the choices that now we get to make for ourselves instead of like having that employer make for us. It's a mindset, right? It's thinking long-term view, but today, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're thinking, okay, what am I going to do for my retirement? How am I going to get out of it? I want to be able to do something that I love sooner rather than later. Yes. But I have to make sacrifices today in order to achieve that in just a few years. I mean, August, you're going to be doing this full time. That's excellent. Thank you. Yes. I know what you mean about looking forward to retirement and being able to do things that you want Mm -hmm. to do. Seven for your husband, eight for me. So we're on the same (laughs) timeline. That's amazing. (laughs) So you talked about mindset. What's the one thing someone brand new to multifamily can do to expand their wealth mindset? That is, you know, and I love this question because I wish I had it, right? But what it is, is that we all have bills to pay. So find an asset and buy an asset that pays your bills and pays you because it all cycles, you know, it all flows some way or another. So just finding that way to create that income so that you can pay yourself and your bills because you were going to do it anyways. And multiple streams of income is what you're trying to achieve. Because we've talked to others who said, yeah, this is what I love, the real estate portion of it. But we've talked about also investing in stocks and bonds, but also, you know, spreading that portfolio, making it much broader than just your 401ks and your IRAs and Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So That's wonderful. Now, we do have experienced passive investors who listen to our podcast. Do you have any advice for them at all? I guess it would be, oh, that's a hard one, actually. So for the experienced passive investor, I guess is to really think about like what your exit plan is as well. Like, what are you doing with your passive investments and why? Because then I think you can be way more intentional with the investments that you're already investing in. But when you have like a plan, you know, it can be five year, 10 year, 15 year, whatever that is, it may open up a blind spot that you had to where diversification is needed and will be very helpful for like that long-term goal. Absolutely. So planning to retire from your day job in August, planning for retirement in seven years of your husband, live wherever you want, And then what? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's really what it is, right? Like actually we would, so education is huge for both of us, right? Because he was a professor at the Air Force Academy, will be when we return. I have been a coach and a mentor. So actually like the bigger, you know, picture is that we want to be able to build schools in these third world countries so that they can have like at least, or hopefully have, right? Like the infrastructure to gain that basic education level, because with basic education, you can solve, I mean, not all of them, but a few, you know, problems with poverty. And so that's just really, really big for us. Like, cause we want to be able to take that love for education and just put it in a different avenue, right? Like we don't want to, for Michael to have to teach forever. Like we want to be able to try to move it into a different place. And so it was just opening up our minds to be like, okay, how can we do that? How can we still influence education on others by not being in a classroom? Is there a particular area? You said third world. Are you talking about Africa? Is there a place in your heart that you really want to start? So that's also a great question. That's where the travel comes in. So like Mm -hmm. we want to be able to travel to India and Africa and all of those places so that we can decide like this is a place that needs it. This is the place where we've like really loved and felt it. And we feel like we would make the biggest impact there. So once the world opened back up again, we can definitely have those opportunities to figure that out further. Awesome. I have to share with our listeners, when you go onto your website, you will see beautiful photos and blog posts that you've written, Susie, that are just gorgeous. It makes you want to go Copenhagen, Barcelona, what else? Ireland. I really didn't have any desire until I read your blog post. And and I was like, oh, wow, that sounds fantastic. So who takes your photos? You write the pieces. Are you the photographer as well as your yeah. husband? Oh, both of yeah? us. Yeah. Oh, you really do wrap us into the travel. We felt like I went on that trip with you. So do you have any particular favorite so far in Europe, that uh, favorite place that you want to share with us? Oh, that one's, these are all so hard. So mm-hmm. like a favorite place <laughs> is really difficult for me to answer because all of them offer something so unique that I don't know if I can actually pick a favorite, you know, like deep down, I say Cambridge because this is where we live and we've really gotten to like meet so many amazing people here and just really get to explore the area, like every inch by inch. So I guess for now, I'm definitely going to have to say Cambridge just because of like the home piece of it. That's very cool. That makes sense. Nice. Well, Susie, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, how they can explore the world through your eyes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for asking. So our website is adventurousrei.com. And if you go to adventurousrei.com forward slash info, that's where, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn if you want, like all of our little buttons or snips or whatever you want to call them will bring you straight to there, but you can definitely find more of our content on our website. Awesome. And of course, we'll have all of Susie's contact information, including the book that you mentioned on our website. Susie Sevier of the Adventurous Real Estate Investors. Thank you so very much for spending time with us today. We truly appreciate it. We know and are excited for everything that you've got planned and coming for you next. And again, when you're ready to go country hopping, call me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for allowing me to share this space with you two today. It's been fantastic. We've enjoyed it immensely. Learned a lot. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for joining us for another podcast. We want to show you our appreciation. We like to offer you a special gift. You can be the third person to contact us through our website, 
multifamilyinvestorladies.com. We'll send you a free book that Linda mentioned to help you take your passive investing to the next level. That's right. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite listening platform. And if you like what you hear on the show, you find it very helpful and you want to learn more, hit subscribe. So thanks again for listening. And remember, it's never too late to start passive investing in real estate with the Multifamily Investor Ladies. Thanks, Emil, for listening. For more information about today's episode, learn more about passive multifamily real estate investing, or to reach Linda or Lisa directly, visit us on the web at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Thanks, Emil, for joining the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast, sponsored by Berkwood Capital and Freedom Capital Investments. Your hosts, Lisa Hill and Linda Brooks, remind you it's never too late to get started on your multifamily real estate investing journey, and they'll show how to do it successfully as a passive investor. We'll see you next time.